<laughs> on cue now. On now, right now. I just thought now would be very precise. When are you going to start? Now. When will then be now? Now. Soon. Exactly. You just passed it. Or is it now? <laughs> it's gone. What? When? We just passed it. When? Just oh. now. Yep. Just now. <laughs> just now. Here we go again. Hey. Three, two, one. And welcome back to Even More Mashed Up. We are the popular culture podcast that comes to you kind of virtually right now from Misericordia University. Uh, we are an English and a history professor sitting around talking about all things pop culture. I'm Alan. And I'm Patrick. And as Alan said, we're still not in the studio. But even though we aren't in the room where it happens, we aren't helpless. So thanks to the magic of the internet, when it comes to this episode, you won't have to wait for it to be satisfied, nor ask, what did I miss? Of course... We can only hope that you'll be back, as I'm sure my right-hand man, Alan, will agree. That's exactly what I was going to do, but I had no time or energy to actually put the work into yeah. that. Whoa, whoa, that's, 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 that's that effort. That's effort. I did that in about 30 seconds. You know what this show was going to do? <laughs> this show was going to turn your world upside down. Also, guns and chips. <laughs> also, guns and chips. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't get the world turned upside down in that. That was, I think, a... Yeah, big, well, I wasn't sure how long you were going to let me go on. <laughs> I figured it... I'm surprised you let me get through all that. I thought for sure you would be exasperated well, it, after the it, first couple of It's clearly your magnum opus for the podcast. I think that's more work than you've put into a show to this point. So I wanted to... Go okay, you. that is hurtful coming from the guy who, like, has more episodes where he just sits there and answers questions I've written. Oh, that's happened two or three times. Uh, by the excuse way, me? At least four. answering questions that you have written are that is a lot of work. Yeah, but you don't have to do anything in advance of the show. No, but it's it's, it's paying for it psychologically on the back end. Yeah. So yeah. what you're saying is that it's a lot of work, and yet you still suck at it in comparison to Rich, who is also here, by the way. I am here, well, I, but I actually won the last one. Yeah, so technically, that seems insulting to Rich. I okay. I was I was going to agree with you, but never mind. Yeah. Well, I'm trying well, I mean, to defend you, you. To be fair, you won the first installment of the Flash Quiz. So I am the reigning champion. No, no, because it's clearly a series. Yeah. So you and are I ahead. wasn't able to call you myself are... champion until we did enough multiple. Yeah, the concern is, are you going to be like the Golden State Warriors against the Cleveland Indians? No, not the Indians. Wow. Not the Browns. So, oh, that Cavaliers. NBA, it's the Cavaliers. That Dang great it. NBA series between the Golden State Warriors and the Indians? Yeah, Patrick, that was yeah, a classic. That was a, a classic. classic. Sure hope I don't yeah. choke that one away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I don't pay a lot of attention to the sports. To the Apparently sports. Not. Apparently not. So anyways, if you can't, couldn't figure out from the opening what we're talking about, this Dear is Evan our Hansen. Hamilton reprise. Oh, I thought it was Dear Evan Hansen this week. No, I've not seen Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, so. no, I took all these notes on Dear Evan Hansen. Okay, well, that, that no, just I hope seems... we're not doing a podcast you on Dear should. Evan Hansen. can we please? I've never mm. seen it. I've never seen it either. No, shh. Now you just got recorded saying Oh, really? That, so, yeah. Okay, never yeah. fine. Hope's a regular guest on the show. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, Hope says we should do Dear Evan Hansen at some point. I think we should do a show on sure. Ben Platt. 
You should just do a show on I mean, once, broad, once Broadway has opened back up sometime in the future. Well, I don't know why we have to wait for that. Why don't we just uh, do there... a Ben Platt show? He's just, oh my God, can we please? He just did The Politician, so we got that. And we got Pitch Dear Perfect, Evan Hansen and, and Pitch Hansen, Perfect. And he's in the movie. And I just watched the, the Pitch Perfect trilogy, so I'm, I, am, I am ready to go. Not a very good that. trilogy. Well, you know, the, the third one is actually better than the third Star Wars prequel. I mean, yeah, trilogy, but is that saying a lot? So, I don't know. You know, I didn't find Pitch Perfect as off-putting as I thought it would, so there you go. I mean, I'll give you that much, yeah. Okay, should we get back to talking about Hamilton? And by get back, I mean start, because... By Hamilton, do you mean yourself? Uh, I'm fine with that. I have no doubt that that is true, actually. Patrick Lawrence Hamilton. <laughs> My name is Patrick Lawrence Hamilton. What is that There's Christmas play? books I haven't read. And I will not. Hey, would you go with a million books you haven't read? That's just one option. <laughs> that would be the rest of the, 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 the show. It would just be him lifting. Oh, wait. It, it totally works. I am the P-A-T-R-I-C-K. That totally... It does. It, we could write it. Except it instead does. of it being about an immigrant who comes from the Caribbean and shapes the United States into what it is... It's a, like, tangential descendant of a conquistador who becomes an English professor. Mm-hmm. The conquistadors like a... coming from Portugal. Yeah. Pretty sure that's not historically accurate. Doesn't matter. The conquistadors were all the conquerors that came, correct? Mm, I'm not sure that it includes the Portuguese ones. Well, they Plus, he was much... he was more of a of a discoverer than a. Well, a, a I'm sure that you prefer to remember him as a discoverer, but the people on yes, the other just end as, of the just discoverer. as Hamilton prefers to remember Hamilton in ways that are not necessarily historically accurate. Well, I mean, you've you've built a lifetime of historical inaccuracies to make yourself. But I guess I think it's a great story. It's a great story. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, a, can we talk about Hamilton in the, the new Disney world. Plus? You're arriving in Dallas, PA. And you oh, yeah, step that's off like the new world. You step off the bus, mm-hmm. and then we yes, and, and then, immediately the world turned upside down. Yeah, you're coming from like the West Coast. I, we could totally do this. Colorado, but yeah, West Coast. Well, no, you grew up on the West Coast though. Like you got to go. Yeah, back but to I your came origins. here from Colorado. Well, you came here from Oregon through Arkansas through Colorado to northeastern Pennsylvania. Right. So I came here from Colorado. And Oregon. No, I am originally from Oregon. I came here from. So Colorado. you are from Oregon. Well, That's technically, all I need to hear. Thank you very I much. No, I rest my no. case. You but I didn't Oregon. come here from Oregon. I came here from sure Colorado. You, did. you just took stops no. along the way. No, 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 no. Yeah, I came totally. here from Colorado. Do you want to talk about Hamilton? Because you're just wasting a tremendous amount of time. Today. I thought we were. T- I thought we were talking about Hamilton. In the sense that we were talking about me. And no, I am I, a Hamilton. I understand that. Hey, you, you want some fun facts? Do you have any lineage to Hamilton? I don't know. Probably not. Do you want any fun facts? I got fun facts. You know, the last time you bought fun fa- brought fun facts, it was about a, mm-hmm. a movie in which kids were dying of cancer. So I'm not sure you understand yes. what a fun fact is. Fun fact! Oh, there's no stuff just, in you. Just say yes. 
Yes. You yeah. want to take a guess where Hamilton is on the old Rotten Tomatoes? Hamilton on the Rotten Tomatoes. Is that the most yeah, recent rating of Rotten Tomatoes? As of today. Okay. So you did the work this morning. Excellent. Yes. Well, there's, you know, I would say that it would be in the high 90s, but there's been some criticism of Hamilton since he kind of, or since it reappeared on uh, mm-hmm. the Disney Plus. So I'm going to, I'm going to knock it down a little bit and I'm going to say 92. No. Is that with critics or with audiences? Um, critics and audiences, uh, I don't know. I'm going to say 89 critics, 93 audiences. You are wrong on both. I'm right on both? Wrong on both. Well, how could anybody get those right? That's just like random guessing. It is. So the critics <laughs> have it at 99%. Wow. Okay. Audiences have it at 91. So it does not seem like the uh, pushback has really affected the the critical appraisal of the film. No, perhaps the uh, they all rated it before they realized that Hamilton, what, which was once kind of racially progressive, is now racially regressive. And so they're uh, probably it's, regretting it's, 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 giving it a 99. It's possibly well. both. Well, I don't want to walk the fence on it, though. Which is it? From a, I mean, it just, I mean, if you're looking at it from a certain point of view, it's one way. If you're looking at it from another point of view, it's another way. That just sounds so postmodern. Actually, no, I was quoting Star Wars there. Which one? From a certain point of view. That Obi-Wan tells Luke when Luke's like, why did you tell me that Lark Vader killed my father? Is that what he says? And everyone's like, that well, you know, when your dad became Darth Vader, it kind of destroyed who he was. So from a certain point of view, I was right. Yeah, okay. that's just Jedi <laughs> from lying. Certain, like, from a certain not, point of view, that's... I didn't actually lie. I just didn't tell the truth. Right. I just didn't it's... tell the whole truth. Yeah. Oh, no. no. <laughs> the, the, Jedi are, the Jedi tend to be the worst anyway, though. We all know that. Yeah. Got another fun fact. Oh, boy. Fun fact number two. All right. Do you want to guess no. by nope. what percent <laughs> downloads do of guess. the Disney app increased over the July 4th weekend? You're going to have to read that again because I was telling you that I didn't want to answer. Uh-huh. Uh, by what percentage did downloads of the Disney app increase over the July 4th weekend when Hamilton was released? Oh, I know this one for sure. I guarantee it's right. 88% increase. No. Mm, no, 100% increase. No. No. 253. No. 9,999. 62. Nope. Oh, you were close with that last one, Alan. I thought you were saying I was close. I was, wait, 56? No, no, no. Alan said 62. It's actually 72% increase in the U.S. Wow, so they almost doubled their business. Impressive. Well, that also doesn't include people accessing it via, like, Fire Stick or Roku or things like that. So now, wait, that was percentage uh, of how many people stick. began to access it or actually like bought the service. That's compared to the average of the four weeks prior. Ah, okay. See, had you told me it was the four weeks prior, I definitely would have said 72%. Okay, well then, would you like to guess what the global increase was? Because no. 72 was just in the U.S. The global is 104. No. 68. No, the global was, no. 28. No. God, this is the worst podcast ever. 46.6. 46.6. Yes. And so those are... Fun facts. 
You know, you just do fun facts and you call them fun facts, but it's I just I like how you say them like I'm supposed to hit a button and like, you know, music's supposed to play. You know, like, oh, it's fun facts. Do, do, do. Could you make yeah, that I actually did like <laughs> I actually did like square up my paper like a newspaper. Oh, okay. And that's fun facts. I, I would rather it be like a trumpet fanfare, Rich, whenever he says fun facts. Dun, dun, dun. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can live with that. But it should be like a, a fun trumpet fanfare. It should be a trumpet fun fair. Now you've lost me. It got quiet so quickly. Well, <laughs> the best part of this is that Bobby is sitting on the couch and he cannot, for the life of himself, figure out what we're talking about. <laughs> Because he can only hear my because half of the conversation. Because it doesn't. I got, I got cans. No, we did the fun facts. That was all about Hamilton. Hamilton are, are, the fun fun, are the fun facts now done? Yes. Can we just stop with them now forever? No, no. Bobby just said it doesn't sound like the fun facts have started yet, so. Mm-hmm. The fun facts are, I think, less popular than numbers. That's hard to believe because numbers were not very popular. People hated numbers, and I think fun facts. No, are they didn't hate popular. them. They just didn't appreciate them in the way that I do. But your fun facts that are sounds numbers. like hatred. Like they're just numbers called words. something different. No, they're fun facts. I can't help if the fun facts tend to be numerical, but you know, maybe I'll bring up other fun facts at some point. But this was all that I had time to gather. So you went to to Rotten Tomatoes. And then looked up, you know, ratings. Got it. I really wanted to find like a uh, something like comparing it to other movie musicals, but that didn't really work. Yeah. You miss your old, uh, uh, what was that I site know. you used to go to? Box Office Mojo. It still exists, but all the good information is behind a paywall. Yeah, but right. Maybe we'll have to take a, do- a donation fund to get you. pay for their information. No. Oh, maybe start a uh, uh, fundraiser for bringing numbers back. GoFundMe? Yeah. Yes. GoFundMe go uh, numbers. Kickstarter? Yeah. 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 So, anywho, do we want I to actually mean, talk about the Disney Plus version? Um, yeah, I keep trying to, but somebody keeps interrupting with fun facts. All right, no, go ahead. I'm done with the fun facts. All right, well, one of the things I thought we might talk about, and just I've got a couple ideas to throw out at you today is the kind of the, the difference of the experience between seeing it in a theater and watching it on television. Well, you would know having seen it in the theater like five or six times. I have not seen it five or six times in the theater. I've only seen it three times. Oh, only three. Okay. In the theater. But you also saw it in the theater. Once. Yeah, but you like were a full ticket guy. I just won the lottery. Yes, you won the lottery that's intended for people that otherwise could not see it. Yes, I would not have seen it. No, I didn't win the lottery three times. Now that's just ridiculous. I won the lottery twice. Second time I felt a little guilty. I was only entering the lottery because I was trying to build up points on the, the app, and you had to enter the lottery to get to the, the um, trivia questions. You know you don't have to enter the lottery to get to the trivia questions. No, I'm pretty sure you do have to enter the lottery to get to those trivia questions. No, because you can just go to the menu where it says trivia and click on that. Are you sure that's true? Yes, because I've done it. Really? All right, I'm going to yeah. go to my Hamilton app right now. You should be able to, to just, I think and... you can just go to trivia. Oh, there's a trivia button up here. Oh, gee. That looks new. Oh, no, sign up. That's no good. I'm already already signed up. Oh, I don't remember what my password is. 
Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Yeah, see where it says trivia? Oh, look at that. Drop some knowledge, and I didn't even have to enter the lottery. Well, I think mine mm. only works Man. if I enter the lottery first. Yes, because yours is probably unique to everyone else's. That is correct. So what you're saying is that you're exactly like me in that you've paid to go see Hamilton full price, and yes. then you've taken advantage of the lottery to help people that can't see it by paying full price. Well, two more times. the first time I saw it, I won the lottery because uh-huh. Vicky had already seen it. And um, I took one of the kids. Hey, look, mm-hmm. I can't go straight to the trivia. Really? That's shocking. Who knew that? I did. Um, well, I guess that's true. Who reads aloud the letter from James Reynolds in We Know? I think it's Thomas Jefferson. Oh, it's Aaron Burr. Is it Aaron Burr? Yeah. Oh, I should do the lottery. We should... Not the lottery. I should do the trivia, because I know I'm going to get that first question right. Well, I did not do Oh, I didn't get the very first question! So, um... Yeah. So I saw it once, and then I had to take the other kid to see it, because one of our kids hadn't seen it. So I had to go then, and then I won the third lottery, but it was on our anniversary, so it seemed like Hamilton was telling us we should go see it for our anniversary. Wait, wait. I thought you said you won the third lottery. I thought you said you only won it twice. No, I won the lottery for the third time I saw it. I won the oh, lottery okay. for number one, then I had to take the other kid, because kids get really competitive about that. And if like one kid sees mm-hmm. Hamilton and the other doesn't, you're in trouble. And then I was well, just particularly playing. if the first kid you took was not Hope, I'm pretty sure she would stab you. Well, it was, but I, mean, I was going to get stabbed yeah. no matter what. So then, yeah, but I don't, I don't think Bobby would have been quite as as invested so we in went, stabbing. Then we went, and I don't know. Bobby's not a big fan at this point. He went anyway, and we saw it. And then, and then I won the third one, an opportunity to see it a third time, but only because I was trying to play the lot or play the uh, trivia game. Mm-hmm. So really, you can't blame me for any of that. I'm pretty sure I can. Seems to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, what so you wanted to talk about the difference between the the theatrical and filmed experiences? I was trying to, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and talk about that. So, what did you think? What was your take? Um, it took me a couple. Uh, it took me a couple songs to kind of stop comparing it to the yeah. theatrical version. Yeah. Um, when when I first got into it, it, it felt, I mean, I, I kind of felt like, eh, it's not the same as the theater. And so it took a little while for me to kind of get past that. Yeah. Um, but you did eventually? I think, yeah, I did. And part of it, I think that that just has to do with the nature of Hamilton, which I, I think we talked about it when we, we talked about it on the show before, is that it's not a show that really relies on a great deal of theatrical spectacle in terms of, like, set work and things like that. I mean, it really just hinges on the performances. And particularly once you get into the show, it's a lot of really uh, individual performances, which I think translated really well into uh, the film version. Ah, I see. Interesting. Because, to me, it was good to watch on television, for sure. And, like you, once I got accustomed to watching it on television, I enjoyed it. But, to me... I realized how much I appreciate seeing something live in a oh, theater yeah. as opposed to watching on television because the theater is such so much more an immersive experience 
And oh, yeah. with Hamilton in particular, although, you know, I agree that there's not a lot of like um, the spectacular in terms of design and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. lot of depth mm-hmm. at any moment on the stage. And one of the things that I've, that, you know, I'm really lucky I've seen Hamilton more than once in a theater because there's so much to see and it's it's almost as if you can't experience the whole show because yeah. you have to decide what to look at like the ensemble in this in this show is just phenomenal and the work they do mm-hmm. is really really just incredibly impressive work and but what I what I found lacking watching on television was that the director was always telling me what I had to look at Whereas I've become accustomed in the theater to making those choices for myself. Mm. And I, that's, that's, that was the part that I had the most trouble kind of putting away throughout the the entirety of it. It was, it was very entertaining and it was really well done, but it made me realize how much I miss going to see live theater. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's nothing, the, the film production, even at its best can never be what seeing it in the theater would be. Right. Uh, Absolutely. So, but as a film, I thought it was really, I thought it was really good. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, the second part that... And I like, I like the back. fact that you're, I mean, because you can't see the original cast. Like, you didn't see the original cast. I didn't no. see the original cast. Right. So getting to see the original cast, I think, is, is, um, nice. For sure. Totally agree. Um, totally agree. And I also one of the things that surprised me is is the one that I saw in the theater. I don't remember Eliza gasping at the end of that as oh, she does at the end of this. Yeah. Um, the Eliza. And I don't know just that I'm not remembering. Yeah, which I, I'm like I because when that happened, I was like I don't remember that in. Yeah. The production I saw. Um, Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is that I think in the production I saw. Um, my memory is that King George was a bit more mobile in some of the songs he sung. Oh, well, he... I, was, I was kind of surprised when, when Jonathan Groff is just, is just, you know, standing there. So, well, the, the versions I saw, not Jonathan Groff, right? The, the King's two main songs, he, I, I didn't think deviated that much from what I saw on TV. Now, yeah, the King for some reason does, I thought I remembered him dancing at some point. Well, the King does dance during um, the Reynolds pamphlet. Yeah, well, and that's he, the other thing, too, is in in Reynolds' pamphlet and then immediately afterwards, the King goes and sits in a chair and is watching the whole thing. Yeah. Which is another thing I didn't remember from the version I saw. Oh, I... That I do remember, actually, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if that. I just missed it because I was looking at something else. And that's where the king really dances uh, around, yeah. Yeah. See, I thought I remembered him, particularly when he leads the crowd in singing the the that that does. Um, I thought I remembered him sort of dancing around a little bit during that, but maybe that's just my memory remembering things wrong. Well, every actor makes it their own, too, I suppose, right? Yeah. 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 You know, the, the other difference was... There's something about seeing a show with a crowd of people. Oh yeah, that makes it different too. Like it wasn't just like the energy on television was different, but the energy in the room where, you, where you're actually observing it. Where it is actually happens. Too. I mean, the room where it happens. No, I, I, yeah, exactly. Could we keep going back to that one, maybe? 
Sure. I can, I can go back to a lot of them, actually. I'm Just let me know when you're satisfied with, with what I'm doing. Uh, no, not yet. Not okay. yet. No, you're gonna be you're gonna be helpless to stop me. Well, you know, if you would just be quiet for a minute, or just shut up, it would be quiet uptown. Also, guns and ships. <laughs> if you go to guns and ships one more time. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's really hard to make guns and ships work, though. It does. I really wanted to find a way to stick it in. I'm like, yeah, no, I can't do that. No, no, no. No, you'd have to be pretty high in Monticello to make that work. Anyway, um, anything else on, on the difference between theater and television? No, I mean, I think that was the main point that I, I mean, I guess there is, a, I mean, um, I do like the fact that having it on the Disney Plus does sort of allow more people to see it. Yeah, than, but I, I read something uh, interesting about that. Because... It was interesting to me when Hamilton first appeared in theaters. It was like the it it received it felt like to me overwhelming approval. Yes, people loved it. But when it dropped yes. on Disney Plus, the response felt different. And one of the things mm-hmm. I read was somebody suggesting that um, Hamilton was more praised by the elite when only the elite could see it, but that the way yeah, in I think which I read Disney. The way in which Disney kind of democratized it by opening it up to everybody had mm-hmm. caused kind of a counter reaction on the part of elite um, elites and intellectuals yeah. who are now more critical of it, which I thought was kind of an interesting idea to play with. Yeah, well, to be fair, there were some elites and intellectuals that did not care for it when it first came out. No, it's true, but do you, am I wrong? I don't know if I you're just... familiar with the, uh, the haunting of Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah, I've got some notes on that for later. But, yeah, I've got notes on that too. But um, I don't remember. I, I remember, and maybe I'm misremembering. There's a higher volume of criticism about Hamilton now than there yes. was when Hamilton first broke on the national consciousness. Yes. Well, I think also when Hamilton broke um, on the national consciousness, it was a couple years ahead of where we are now in terms of of race in U.S. And so I think seeing sure. Hamilton now, it means something very different in the midst of Black Lives Matter and the social unrest that we're having than it did prior to that. Right, that, that Hamilton the musical arose during the, the age of Obama, and Hamilton <laughs> the um, Disney Plus version arose during the age of Trump. Well, except, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, because what, Hamilton started, I think, in... Uh, well, I know the film version that's on Disney Plus is from 2016. Yeah, but so that I would mean, be that would still be. I mean, that would be age of. of well, I guess that would still be the very late age of Obama. Well, it would be um, Obama. Really, Trump doesn't get inaugurated until 2017. But I mean, right, but just, I mean, there is still. But it's also very just, much. I mean, there's still like there was the performance that Pence went to, and that the the actors yep. sort of of. Um, Sort of spoke to him after the cat after right. the uh, the uh, bows. Well, I don't I don't uh, want to bring facts into this, but it debuted January twentieth, twenty fifteen. Okay, so so it straddles the Obama and Trump era, right? Yeah. So I mean, it, it, it but to me, Hamilton is very much like if it debuted in early twenty fifteen. Obviously, 
Lin-Manuel Miranda was writing it before January 20th, 2015. It is... No, I think he wrote it that day. He wrote it... He, oh, he wrote it that day? He just, like, he yeah. just sat down he and wrote it. Like, hey, let's get some friends together and let's perform it. Okay. So as long yeah. as you're going to yeah, take... Yeah, very the, improvisational. You will defend your being wrong by just making up the most ridiculous <laughs> nonsense. I yeah. now understand... Well, that's why I, now, I remember things differently from why it's on Disney+. Plus. It's because clearly it's all improvised. I now, I now understand um, your approach to the show more generally, I suppose. Mm-hmm. That's it. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I thought you, I thought you wanted to continue your point. No, no. I, I, I just assumed you were pouting. Nope, nope, nope. I am just, I am clearing the way for you to speak. Oh, very nice. So I got nothing more to say on that except that clearly it, it <laughs> debuted in the age of Obama, and now we live in the age yeah. of Trump. Not that Obama was like some kind of idyllic racial paradise in the United States, but Americans imagined something different. Uh, Those were good years when race no longer mattered. Yep. Uh, For eight glorious years, race was okay. Eight glorious years, race was not a matter, and now now we're back to it. Uh. Yep. You would have thought those eight years would have fixed everything. Yeah, fixed it. Well, I mean, you know, Obama could have fixed coronavirus, and now we're just stuck in the middle of it. Spent all that time patting ourselves so hard on the back, we forgot to actually, you know, do something about it. Well, that's true. Well, I mean, we did pat ourselves on the back, which we're good at. Well, there's a lot of back, back padding. There's no doubt about that. Yes. And some backpedaling. Well, the backpedaling comes later. Although, like, I, you know, no. really, did they have to no, I, I... pedal backwards no, very no. hard? I don't think so. I do give Miranda credit in the sense that he, in response to the criticisms, he said that they are all valid. Oh, for sure. I, I think one of the impressive things about Lin-Manuel Miranda is he's been um, willing to talk about and acknowledge shortcomings and problems. Yeah. Yeah. So I give him I give him a lot of credit for that. I mean, again, sort of holding something like Hamilton up. I mean, in terms of um, the criticisms about it being inaccurate. Ugh. Uh, oh, here we go. What? Those, those, those criticisms drive me a little bit nuts. How so? Because... Because, you know, like the way it, like if we're going to measure Hamilton only in terms of historical accuracy, like we're wasting all of our energy on the musical Hamilton in like we're putting it all in the wrong direction. Well, we're also wasting all of our energy measuring it by, you know, historical accuracy, you know, in a in a production where everybody's singing. Like yeah. it's a musical, we don't hold. It's, we shouldn't hold musicals up. I mean, there's no, there's no pretense in Hamilton to some kind of historical um, verisimilitude. Well, there is, of course, right? It's based on the Chernow book. Um, it is, it, but even then, it's, it's, a, like, it's a condensation of the Chernow book, right? And it's and it's you know acted by people of color who obviously weren't in those kinds of positions. I guess my point is, right. like, the whole point of Hamilton is that it's about now, not then. Right. The, the, what I see Lin-Manuel Miranda doing is talking about where we are now and wanting to, to, to talk about immigration. Mm-hmm. And not wanting to... Like, you know, he's using Hamilton as a vehicle to do that, but to, to, to step into it and to be, to be worried about, you know... Um, like the date on which Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton first met is to is to miss the point of the show. Well, I would add in terms of uh, you know 
he's commenting about immigration, but I think also by the end of the, the musical, he's also commenting on gender. Yes. In a way that, that, that sort of, that, that in a way very much kind of sneaks up on you. Do you think he's doing that intentionally? Um, I think from, yes, I mean, because it's pretty early on that Eliza makes the point about wanting to be part of the narrative. Right. Um, I mean, obviously the whole idea of Eliza inserting herself into the narrative um, becomes most prominent with Burn and then with with um, the finale. Right. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it's... I mean, she's got that that through line of of wanting to be part of the narrative from fairly early on in. No, I I think I think the play. That's so fair. I think there I think there is a I think it's and I, I mean I it, I think it sneaks up on you because you're not really expecting the end of the play to showcase Eliza in the way that it does. Right, especially because uh, so much of the play showcases the dudes. Right. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, a lot of the stuff Angelica is um, sort of playing a facilitating role in a lot of things. Um, that I think the 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 ways in which the women seem to be kind of secondary and then end up being sort of primary. I mean, in, in the end, a lot of kind of Hamilton's story, Hamilton's narrative, is in the hands of Angelica and Eliza because yeah, they live true. they live longer than him. Uh, well, spoiler alert. So, well, I mean, you don't know Hamilton dies in the play. Then Hamilton Shh, dies. Spoiler alert. Oh. No, no, he lives forever. Oh, okay, good. Uh, like Santa Claus. Yes, <laughs> he's reincarnated as a middle-aged uh, English professor in Northeast Pennsylvania. Oh, that's so uh, sad. He must be very, he must be very proud of what he's accomplished in life. Oh yeah, yeah. History kind of has taken his eyes off off Hamilton at this point. One hundred percent. Yeah, history's like, oh, that narrative's done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think that I think, and so like you, I'm, I you know, I think Miranda had a particular particular ideas he was working with in terms of immigration and and gender. Yes. Um that I think sort of maybe caused him to miss some of the stuff that's being critiqued about the play now. Right. Um, Which is what makes it so interesting. Like, the politics of the whole thing are so complicated. Yeah, yeah which, of course, is, is one of... is another reason why I think Hamilton is, you know, significant as a work of art. Um, that in some ways, you know, the not just it being on Disney Plus, but the criticism that has come um, to the play from Disney, from it being on Disney Plus has kind of given it a second life. Yes, I agree. Totally agree. It gets me to the one fair or foul I brought for you today, actually. Oh, I've got, yeah, okay. I've got a few. Well, and we don't have to go to fair or foul, but it just seems like You've kind of raised it. Oh, so this oh well, before before we go to fair or foul, if you want, yeah. I do have a ranking of the best characters in Hamilton we could discuss. Oh, oh, well, let's just do the one fair or foul that talks to the point now, and then we can do your ranking. Okay, that's well, not my ranking; it's from Screen Rant. But Got it. Go ahead. But so you this is Alex Nichols from. Right. 
Alex Nichols from Current Affairs. Quote, thus Hamilton... Wait, Current Affairs, the show that used to have, uh, what's-his-face? Exactly. You know, what the by the place and the thing? Oh, no, that's right. You know, O'Reilly. Oh, Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> well, he wasn't on Current, Current Affairs. Affairs. He was on, uh... What was his show called? 2020? I thought it was Current Affairs. Nah. Nightline? No, Bill O'Reilly was not on Nightline. No, Bill O'Reilly and Nightline should not go. I thought he was on... He was on a Current Affairs-esque... Oh, Inside yeah. Edition. That's what he there was on. There you go, on. Inside Edition. Yep. That's right. Okay, from Current Affairs then. Yeah, so Inside Edition and Current Affairs apparently the exact same thing. They were pretty close. I remember Current yeah. Affairs. Quote... Thus, Hamilton's superficial diversity lets its almost entirely white audience feel good about watching it. No guilt for seeing dead white men in a positive light, a positive light required. Hmm. That's a... Mm, yeah, that's... I mean, I think that's fair for a lot of people. So where does the feel good come from? Um, I think they can feel good about the way in which having all the founding fathers and characters played by non-white performers mm -hmm. allows them to, and, and their enjoyment of it, allows them to sort of acknowledge race in a way that's not really acknowledging race in any kind of significant way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, interesting. That they're like, oh, I like, you know, that he did this, and thus I am not right. racist. Right. I, so I think I, so I, I could see I could see that. Again, kind of going back to, you know, the fact that, as you said, when it first came out, the, the you know, the elites really had a, a profoundly positive. I think there's ways, I think there's ways in which that you can, you can certainly, and people have, can certainly critique the film um, or the play for a kind of, Maybe even kind of going back to a kind of post-war liberalism and kind of its its very sort of sweeping vision of racial equality that that Hamilton in some ways for people that want to see that kind of idealistic vision without really having to do anything to achieve it in reality I, I think Hamilton feeds some of those. Well, I can see ways in which Hamilton would feed some of those. Yeah, absolutely. In part because in I I think. Miranda makes a clear decision that he wants to recenter U.S. history as immigration history. Yes. So and so that's the story he's going to tell, and that has mm -hmm. really powerful implications to the progressive side of the ledger, I suppose, in reminding us that immigration history is American history, and vice mm -hmm. versa. But on the other hand, in deciding that he's going to recenter U.S. history as immigrant history. It also leads to Native Americans being ignored and African Americans right. getting okay, they're not entirely ignored, I suppose. Sally Hemings mm -hmm. shows up briefly in Hamilton's yeah, abolitionist credentials get kind of over yeah. over polished a little bit. But yeah. like how do you how do you balance that? And there's something I think quintessentially American about in trying to to focus your attention and tell the story of immigrants. Mm -hmm. It almost requires that Native Americans and African Americans um, not be addressed. Yeah, well, I think it, I, I, to sort of rephrase what you said a little while ago is is Miranda's decision to kind of center this play on immigration 
like you said, has really interesting implications. Yeah. And also has really interesting consequences. Yeah, and, and some of them are... And are, I think that's... And, and again, to his credit, he acknowledges and accepts the, the, the consequences and, and the critiques that, that... Right. You know, they are all fair to say. And, they, and again, I think it's one of the things that that's, as we said, to his credit. But yeah, it's got, you know... he I, I mean, you know, he's telling a particular story, but, you know, it's a particular story, which means it's in, inherently focused on some things and not focusing on others. The problem is for Miranda, I think, is that you could make the argument, I want to write a, a musical about immigrants, and so it's not going to be so much about these other groups. But the conscious choices he makes to mm-hmm. kind of clean Hamilton's record in terms of race yeah. becomes deeply problematic. To me, it's mm-hmm. a much more authentic and interesting musical if Miranda pauses to kind of wrestle with the way in which ethnic advancement in the country in this country historically has often meant keeping other groups down and oppressed yeah but he doesn't want to look at that he wants to like tell what is a bit more of a fairy tale mm-hmm. yeah I can see that so like second question how do you balance the opportunities created for all of these non-white actors against the violence that was done to history to make it happen that way. I think you just, you have to acknowledge both things. Uh, that, you know, as with everything else in, in the play, the, the benefit for one had consequences for the other. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that no work of art is going to be perfect and that, that it's going to be you know, it, it's going to be product of, of a particular mind and, and that mind is going to have limitations. So I think you have to do what's being done, which is, you know, acknowledge what Hamilton was doing, what, what Miranda wanted to do, uh, but also acknowledge, you know, the limitations of that and the, the consequences that come from that. Right, and that you want art to provoke. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is, is and, you know, I think it's another testament to Hamilton as art is that it is still provoking. Yes. Now, I also read from Alex Nichols that uh, Hamilton was papering over inequality with representational diversity. Like, how far would you carry that kind of argument? Um... Well, I think it depends. Because I, I kind of agree with you in that I don't see, you know, Hamilton is, like you said, it's a fairy tale. For me, it's kind of a, a fantasy yeah. um, version of, of U.S. history. And so, on the one hand, you know, like, I don't really hold hamilton up to kind of this idea of of as the quote you said about kind of uh what was it again papering over yeah papering over um inequality. inequality yeah yeah with 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 the kind of diversity representational um, diversity yeah representation yeah i mean on on the one hand i mean given that we are at or near the point where whites are a minority within us it, it is kind of 
the representational diversity probably kind of reflects where we are mm -hmm. in some ways. Yeah. Um, and in ways that that particularly the white majority doesn't like to think about America. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think there's, there's, I think there's value to the way in which, you know, can I, I think the other thing too, I think there's value to the way in which that Hamilton asks us to imagine America's founding differently because we don't really ever think of the founding fathers as non-white. Right. Um, we don't really think of the people that founded this country as as as, as non-white as immigrants, and yet Hamilton very much was. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think in some ways, by sort of of uh, the way in which that it exaggerates the diversity of the founding fathers, it starts to make us think about the ways in which we have um, erased the immigrant past of this nation's founding yeah no I, I and so i think I, I think i think there is i think because you don't i mean i think prior to this play nobody really thought of Ham, alexander hamilton as anything but white to the extent they thought of alexander hamilton right um and and yet he you know he is an immigrant um and so the way in which that it, it kind of i think starts to by so dramatically unwhitewashing the American past and unrealistically unwhitewashing. Um, I think it does sort of start to call attention to ways in which we have actually whitewashed yeah. um, U.S. Agree. history, and, and, and I think there's value in that. And so, um, and in that, it, it maybe starts to actually get to get us to start thinking about ways in which inequality is very much based in the founding of this country in ways that we also don't think about. So okay. I, I can see the point about, you know, I guess sort of superficially it is, it is kind of papering over inequality with, with representational diversity. But I think the representational diversity starts to get us to think about some of the inequalities that existed in how we perceive the founding of the country. Sure. Sure, but I think it does more than just that. If you think about Hamilton as kind of a metaphenomenon and not just a musical, because that representational diversity on stage gave birth to careers that would not have the same kind of power and influence. Like people know who Chris Jackson is. You know, Anthony Ramos, Lynn Manuel Miranda says is going to be a star, and I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, Leslie Odom Jr., uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda, Felipe Su like. All of these people have, have gone on um, to careers that were in part made possible by yeah. Hamilton. The well, was, actually, was Philippa Sue, when you guys went and saw The Great Comet, was Philippa Sue in that? She was not. We saw Danae Benton, actually, in okay. The Great it, Comet. She was, I saw a saw thing her. where she was, she was in the play at some point. She was. She was. But we so saw. I wasn't actually, sure if that was when you had seen her or not. Okay. Nope. We saw Danae Benton actually, ironically, yeah. as both uh, in both the Comet and in Hamilton as Eliza. Oh. So. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Danae Benton is also unbelievably fantastic. Well, that's the other. I don't know if you've seen. I mean, you know, I don't know if you've seen the video of um, uh, the Roots and the Hamilton cast doing Helpless. 
I did. Yep. Um, I'm just, I mean, the, the vocal talent. Oh, yeah. Like, I watched that video, and I'm like, it's, I mean, they're singing in their rooms, and I'm like, it sounds exactly like the soundtrack. You just, the thing like is, they're, they're, to, to yeah. fully appreciate the show, you have to see it in the theater for that reason, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's just, the, the, I mean, the, the vocal ability of, of, um, not, you know, particularly the original cast. Like, it's just amazing to see. Yep. Like, they are just in there. And what I, what I also love about the Helpless video is that it's mostly the women singing. And yep. yet they've got the entire male cast there just, you know. I don't think Supporting. Leslie Odom sings a single note in that version, yet he's there the whole time. Yeah. Yep. Just dancing yep. and, and grooving. Well, how do you not groove to that song? Yeah. Uh, Although, I, we're going to get to your list. Like, if you had to oh, rank yeah. your, your top three musical numbers from the show, what would they be? Oh, for me? Oh, jeez. Um, boy. Wait For It is probably my number one. Really? Um, yeah, I love Wait For It. Um, and then I probably would go back and forth between Room Where It Happen- Happens and Helpless. Interesting. It's kind of a 2A and a 2B. I mean, part of it is that I just, I like the Aaron Burr character most yeah. of all in the play. So, um, and yeah, wait, wait for it for me is, is, is definitely my favorite. Um, and then depending on mood, either helpless, it used to be wait for it and then room where it happens. But the more I hear helpless, the more helpless kind of moves up for me. Yeah. I, and then satisfied as well is is in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I think I would pick three different ones actually. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like. I think my favorite song of the whole the whole show is "Take a Break." Oh, okay. In part because I love Sue so much. In part because yeah. I just think, like, when you talk about a perfectly designed and executed song, the mm. way in which Eliza and Angelica sing together and against each other in that song is just like, yeah. like, so for me, take a break would be, I think my favorite, but I also love Yorktown. Huh. Like the world turned upside down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like that. And so I'm not thing. I'm not sure there's a clunker in the show to begin. Well, with. there's not. Uh, and then burn uh, is also such a, yeah, burn is. Yeah. And then my, my dark horse would be, it's quiet uptown, which is, one of the saddest songs yeah that i've just you know i've ever seen or heard performed yeah it's so, interesting that i think in i think in most of your choices and in all of mine miranda is not featured in them yeah and i'm a big fan of sue in particular so yeah, um, I've, 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 I'm a big fan of Odom Jr. And I've be, every time I, he, I hear Sue sing, I'm more and more a fan of, of yeah. particularly, I mean, the, the Roots video with her. Yeah. Um, I mean, she anchors that whole thing. Oh, she's, she's like, she is, she's so much of that song. I'm like, it, it's, it, it kind of got me to think about it. Like, yeah, like she is carrying on, she carries so much of, yeah. um, and again, it's one of the things that, 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 again, one of the reasons why I think Hamilton works on Disney Plus is so much of it comes down to the individual performances of people like Sue um, 
and Odom Jr. and David Diggs and Goldberry. Who are just uh, brilliant performers. Who are, yeah, it's, it's one of the things I kind of find funny. If I, if I had to choose anyone who has kind of a, a weaker voice in the show, it's Miranda. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, maybe because he wrote the show, it suits him so well. It does, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it, I mean, that original cast is just so, so full of talent. Yeah, uh, brilliant. Just brilliant. Yeah. So, speaking of brilliance, did you bring some kind of a list that tried to rank the best characters? I did. Uh, yeah, they, they ranked the top ten. I feel like we've spent too much time, um, like, talking seriously about this, and we should go back to what we do better. Oh, what's that? It's mindless, insipid rankings. Okay, good, excellent. So, number ten. Yes. George Washington. I feel like that's ranked about right, actually. Okay, okay. Chris, yeah, I was gonna say, why don't you do a do a too low, too high? Okay, number Chris, nine. Well, Chris Jackson's great, but it's yeah. not it's not the biggest part. And um, that song is the song he sings as he's going, you know, as he says goodbye. Teach him how to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. It always makes hope cry. Like it's it's. Oh, it's a great it's, song. It's. it's I saw brilliant. something that was because um, I guess he and Miranda, I guess, are good friends. Yes. Um, and I saw something that says, you know, how great it must feel that basically, you know, your best friend wrote a song for you to just belt out and he yeah. just gets to stand there and, and just watch you do it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So yeah, I, I th- I'd say that's about right, but only because I think there are, like, I might put him up a notch or two, but there's just... Yeah, I well, uh, uh, given who's coming, I, I would move him up a notch. So number nine is Hercules Mulligan. I think he and, and George Washington are at about the right place, but like, yeah, I'd probably flip them. I'd probably you, put Mulligan ten, Washington nine. But like the the way in which it's cast, right? So that Hercules Mulligan then becomes Madison. Oh, you're yeah. Well, just wait for that. And if you if like to me, um. The, the juxtaposition between the same guy playing Mulligan and Madison is mm. one of my favorite parts of the show. Yeah. Like, I really like James Madison in terms of comic relief. He's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the James Madison is, is, is pretty funny. Played as white as he possibly could be. It's just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. All right, number eight is John Lawrence. Yeah, um... Although the way he flips to become Philip just makes it more complicated, right? But I would say that that's about right. Like I would put, and I would put Lafayette in that same group with them. I'm, I don't think I rate Lafayette maybe as highly as most people do, but maybe I'm wrong. Let's see what yeah. the list says. Yeah. All right. So number six is King George. Yeah. Um. Again, he probably could be higher, but the part is so limited that I wouldn't put him yeah. much higher. Yeah. So uh, number five gotten, is Jack. Not to any women what? yet, right? Not yet. No, we haven't gotten to any women yet. Wow. Uh, yeah. Number five is Jefferson. A little high for me. Really? Okay. Yeah, Jefferson. That feels about right for me. Not my favorite character, but uh, uh, see, but, I enjoy Jefferson. I like Jefferson. Okay. Uh, so number four is Angelica. That sounds about right to me. Eliza should be ahead of her, and Peggy should be number one. I'm assuming Peggy's number one. Uh, well, we'll just have to wait and see. Okay. 
so number three is Alexander Hamilton. A little too high for me. Yeah, I would I would put him below Angelica. Yep. And maybe even below Jefferson, but it would probably be somewhere in there. I'd put him around King George. So I think yeah, that's about where I mean that's basically where I would have him. Yeah. Same ballpark. Uh, so number two is Aaron Burr. Okay, interesting. Um, Aaron Burr is, I think, one of the more interesting characters I've seen on stage in terms of the psychology. Yeah, well, he would be my number character. one on this list. I know he if would I was be putting together this list, he would be my number one. I know you love Burr and you love Javert. Well established. Yes. Javert is great. So Eliza's, Eliza's number one on that list, then? Uh, no, number, number one is uh, Samuel Savory. Oh, yeah, he should be number one for sure. Samuel Seabury? Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay, so Eliza's number one on the list. Yes, Eliza is is number one. Which is where she should be. See, I'd have her number one B behind Burr. I just really like Burr's like, And I like Burr's songs, too, so. Yeah. Plus the guy I probably I'd probably go Burr, Eliza, Angelica would probably be how I would do the top three. Yeah, the guy I saw playing Burr looks so much like Mosby from... uh, Sweet Life and Sweet Life on Deck. Okay, it's, these are references that I do not understand. You've, you've never seen the Sweet Life on Deck? I, we've had this conversation. No, I have never. I do not watch the Disney Channel. Dude, Kevin Garnett showed up on one of those shows and taught the twins how to play ball. I don't even know why oh, you think Chris that. Bosch. I don't think yeah. Wasn't Gar- was Garnett there? There wasn't an older guy there with him? I, I think it was Bosch and Howard and maybe one other guy. Okay. I don't I mean, I can look it up. All right. Anyway, um, I would put Eliza first. I would put Peggy second. Okay, see, that's just silly. Then I would probably go Burr and King George, kind of in that area, and then the gang. Oh, wait, no, Angelica should be in front of all of those, too. Yeah. Also, you haven't mentioned Hamilton yet. For a show that's called Hamilton, that's about Hamilton, the show really turns out to be... Burr and Eliza, right? Well, that's one of the things I found. I saw something that said interesting about the show is called Hamilton, which means it could just as easily be about Eliza as it is Alexander. True. That she's a... In fact, you probably should call the show Hamiltons. Um, Because in the end, it's almost as much about her as it is Alexander. Um, Well, it seems like it is and it isn't. Like, it's, it's fraught and it's complicated at the end. Yeah. I mean, particularly when you think about it, that you've got... I mean, of the I mean, you do have. I mean, you have, obviously have the opening song where where almost everyone is breaking the fourth wall, right? Um, you know, and then obviously you've got the potential fourth wall break at the end with Eliza. Um, Alexander doesn't break the fourth wall nearly as much as the other characters. It's true, but it, isn't Eliza the work she does and the agency she has? It's directed. To Alexander, right? And also Washington. She gets the Washington Monument built. Right. But, like, so even if it's about women and or feminism, there's still kind of a subordination that's going on there. Yeah, except that I think the work work Eliza is doing. What's that? The orphanage is kind of her own thing. Well, except that he was an orphan, essentially. And she's, she's, again, like, doing it for... For him, like inspired by him, I just think 
you know, there's that line she sings uh, after he's died, you know, like, you would have done so much more if you only had time. And it's, it's, it's a line that I always wrestle with because mm-hmm. I think it can be read in at least a couple of different ways. Yeah. But, like, he could have done so much more than what? Than he did, than she did for him, than she did in his name. There's just... I, I want it to be stronger than I think it is sometimes at the end and making the point you you, yeah. you see it making. Well, I think there's a lot of ways that, as the, as the criticisms have shown, there's a lot of ways that Hamilton could be better. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't, I think, take away from what it does well. It can still be great. Yeah. Yeah. And problematic. Mm-hmm. And contradictory. And vexed. So where do you rank Peggy then? She's not even in your top ten, apparently. Um, do you put I mean, her in like I, Samuel Seabury like area? No, she's probably she's probably around Hercules Mulligan area for me. Okay. So she's probably right. I mean, if if, if Mulligan would be my number ten, she's probably right around there. Wait, was Lafayette not on your list? No, he's in there. No, but he's the number list seven read on the me. list. He's number seven. Yeah, oh, he's okay. on there. He's number seven. I missed him somehow. Did you mention him last time, or did you? Yeah, over? you talked about him. You you talked about him. You said Lafayette. You don't re- you don't like Lafayette oh. as much as other people seem to. Oh yeah, but then I didn't think you gave gave him an actual number. Doesn't matter. 